Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 162 of Shades of Brown. And this is uh, WWDC time. Uh, wait, wait, WWDC. We're not going to talk about Ubisoft Forward. I got, you know, I have my, I, I, I'm wearing my Mario and Rabbit shirt. I literally just pre-ordered the second season pass to Valhalla. I, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just fucking with y'all. Um, here's what we're going to say about Ubisoft. They protect abusers. Fuck Ubisoft. We will not be covering them when we actually talk about E3. But yes, no, but it is WWDC, which, um, arguably also probably protects abusers. But I do, I think we actually should start though by mentioning like the people on stage. Peas with the sessions. I watched more than you did, but, um, trans women, women of color, um, men of color, people of color in general, uh, the, who are actually engineers, of course, right? You know, it's not like they hired some actors. And um, I would say Microsoft did good this year of also having more diversity. Google, fuck Google. Um, you know, they they really had like some white women, some East Asian women, and that was like it with regards to diversity for Google I.O. Um, so I do, I do, I, 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 while I'm not trying to simp for the corp, I think it is important to recognize, though, that there was, you know, actual diversity in the presenta- presenters and these are also people who are working on the products and i think that is is important to mention i think it's important to bring up and it should be acknowledged when we see it there and even even in the even in the the, the key the keynote uh also it was it was i i did notice that it was significantly more diverse than uh other other tech keynotes uh for sure yeah like there's a good xcode tools talk i think that was done by um a black engineer, she works on that team, right? So that's, that's always, you love to see it. You love to see it is what I'm trying to say. All right. Let's, let's get into it. We, we will start with like the, like the things that have the, like the least amount of stuff announced. Uh, so we're going to start this year is not going to be watch OS this year. Uh, watch OS is not getting like the big, uh, listen, let Dave, let underscore David Smith rest. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I, I I mean fair. You know what? He he deserves it. He he, he can that you know, he he's doing well with the Widget Smith stuff, you know, he's busy. Uh so he doesn't need more watch OS stuff to do, I think. Uh so watch OS eight. Uh not 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 much is happening, just small, like there's no like big health and fitness updates this year. Only like a couple new workout types, right? I think they added uh Tai Chi. And like another one, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they they added like a they added a couple a couple of workouts. Uh, they added uh they they added the new mindfulness. Oh, no, they renamed the Breathe app to Mindfulness. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm going to use it. I still I'm not going to use it. Uh, well, they also so the reason it's called Mindful too is that it did leak out accidentally in a session um, where. Fitness Plus is going to be have guided meditation stuff come to the mindfulness app too, right? So it's going to be like an actual, like, you know, like someone, probably a posh British man telling you to breathe in and out while holding your tummy. That, that kind of, you know, shit will probably be coming to the mindful app. Sure. I mean, that, that, that actually makes more sense to me as a, that's sure. Okay. Um, that's, me. uh, sleep, uh, sleep tracking. Uh, they're going to like, uh, slightly like make it like a little bit better. They're gonna uh, track uh sleeping respiratory. Uh, that's a hard word. Respiratory, right? Uh, like you know, calculating breaths per minute and mapping it out of a time, right? Um, so that's they, useful data, though. I think that's, that's that probably is one useful, of the more yes. imp, imp, I mean, like useful things to get when you're sleeping because if your breathing's all fucked, it's like hey, you might need to see a doctor. Yeah, that is actually it's actually useful. Like the sleep data is is in, uh useful to me personally. Uh, so that is 
Uh, that is good. Uh, the, the second workout type is Pilates. Uh, so the, they added Pilates and Tai Chi. Uh, so there, there's that. Uh, I, I imagine those are coming to Apple Fitness Plus as, uh, as videos as well, like as, as, you know, sessions. Uh, phone, the photos app is the biggest read, biggest feature redesign that's coming to Watch OS 8. Uh, they redesigned the, uh, the photos, photos app in, uh, Watch OS. Uh, they mentioned that the photos, a watch face is, a, is a, one of the most popular watch faces on Apple Watch, which makes sense. I think people like to have, photos of the family and stuff on, on the devices, right? As wallpapers. And so like, I imagine that's pretty popular on, on the watch as well. Uh, memories from the photos app is on iOS is synced. Uh, I don't know if that's a good feature or not. I mean, that's fine, but like also like the memories feature doesn't really work for me. Like it doesn't work. Like it's, it's just kind of broken. I think I, I don't know if my libraries love it. I think a common complaint is that um, you get the same memory notification for the same memory like every couple of months. <laughs> That's something I get. It's like, hey, you remember this one time you got fucked up at the club in 2018? Yo, guess what we got? Another memory. And this also doesn't help that like right now there's not many photos that I'm taking of, of events or going outside because obviously Oh my god, still... what? I got a memory notification the other day for like 2020 and it was just pictures of my apartment. Oh <laughs> it was my like, god. that's so morbid. <laughs> that's disrespectful. Yeah. That's disrespectful, yeah. Like it showed me a memory of like me going outside into restaurants uh, in, in like the middle of the pandemic last year. I was like, bro, please, please stop. Uh, like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I mean, it looks... One thing I don't understand is like how many people are scrolling through photos of their watch. Like why? Like it, it, yeah, this is this is good. Like this is this is a, like the redesign looks fine, but I don't know how important. Like why is this the thing that they're focusing on? I guess. Uh, like they, they go to. So I have a I have a little bit of a of like a, not a take per se, but like a conspiracy theory. So the reason watchOS is slow minuscule on features or pulled back on features this year is because of how much swift ui is more capable now on the watch so a lot of dev time went towards more complex swift ui layouts and the thing is right build more complex layouts you need apps to test them on so my guess is that the new photos app is half because people like using the photos watch face but also like hey if we built these swift ui features instead of doing demo apps let's put it into something shipping right so we can actually you know make sure it works well Sure. I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Well, like it's, uh, I don't use the photos app, uh, on, on my watch. Like I, I try to not use too, like I don't try not to do too much UI navigation on the watch. It's just not, it's just not the device for it. Like I try to, to like not use it for that, but you know, like people do want to use it and it's fine. Uh, messages and text input. Uh, you can like the app shelf from iOS, like the, uh, what is that? Is that the iMessage app shelf? Is that's yeah, I, yeah, iMessage app shelf. Yep. But I would say the bigger part of this is not really like you could send gifs, gifs, or whatever from your watch. It's mostly that they redesigned the text input um, layout to be a little bit more clear. Because I don't even remember, right? If you tap scribble, you can't switch to an emoji. You have to cancel outright and then reopen the text input screen and then tap emoji again. So now you get faster switching between modes because you can basically, you know, scribble a word, then tap emoji, put it in there. So it's a, it's a more streamlined way of entering text on the watches I'm very excited for. Sure. That's, 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 that's a good UI. Yeah. That's a good UX sort of change, right? Like that, that's, 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 you know, the, those are small changes, but you know, the, the you don't want to make the UX on, a, on the watch like very complicated. The fewer actions it takes, the better. Uh, they, they, the home app 
has been redesigned. I don't use the home app, but you know. Thank, thank God. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't, that's, it is very, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what, it, it works in quotes is what I put it. It's not good. It's not good. So even if this doesn't make sense, the fact that they're giving it attention is good. And you might ask, why do I use the uh, home app on my watch? Pausing the home pods. If I, you know, like sometimes you use mono, like just tap a button to pause it. There you go. Um, and you might be surprised at how. All right, right. I, I do. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do use the home pods, but I don't. I never use the home app. Yeah, if you open like the home app, you'll see it there on the watch. Yeah, if you open it up. Oh, I never use the home app for that. I usually just. I usually the thing that I use my home pods mini most for is to play a podcast. So I just pause and play from the Overcast app. So I like I never actually interact with the home app like it is in the home app for sure but i never actually interact with it yeah and for other smart home devices right if you have them it's only one tap controls you get you don't get any more complexity it's either like you tap it and something happens i don't know what's gonna happen but something would happen yeah i mean i would assume you define you define those on, on on the phone and then those get synced over like those like actions get synced over to your watch and you can just do those like those are pre-programmed right like you, you can be you can figure yeah you, you 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 have too much faith in that system working well right now <laughs> is it i mean yeah i mean i assume that's how it's supposed to work like in theory yeah, yeah in theory yeah so it looks like with this though that's gonna be more so how it will actually work which is absolutely something i'm here for i am here for that because it's uh it's not not good right now yeah, one of the big things actually, like that we should mention, is the always-on display improvements, right? Like this is actually big for developers, right? Like where, like if it, if you have a third-party app, you are the that you can have actual data on the like always on. Well, I think we should, I think we should pause and explain for a moment what happens right now because I mean, we're, I don't think everyone in our audience has an Apple Watch, of course. So Apple Watches have always on screens. Means you put your wrist down, it'll still show you the time. But what happens, say, if you're using like a podcast app, right? And you know, podcast apps have like their playback controls in their app and you put down your watch. You basically get a blurred out screen with the time very small in the top right. And it it's just that, right? It doesn't show you the current app. So what the changes are, are that an application like Overcast can now show a version of the always on screen, but still has the playback controls and maybe the time on it, right? But it doesn't switch to that glossy screen. You get a far better version of of an of like the uh out of focus i guess is what i would call it right out of focus there's a new api right there's a new api called the always on api which will uh, let you like which apps which areas of the app need frequent updates and which areas are like static right and like which areas may contain like private information right so they are fleshing that out which i which i'm happy about because like yeah, the always-on display is nice to, to like quick, quickly look at the time, but like otherwise, it's kind of like you can't really do like it doesn't really show anything else. Yeah, because like for example, songs could update once a minute, right? Or like podcasts could update once a minute. Like I don't think I need second to second, but it's on always on. So yeah, like updating it with that. Yeah. No, no, of course not. No, no I just need to know what's playing, right? Yeah, like it, I just need to like if a song is playing, what song it is, or if if a podcast is playing, like what what. what I don't even need control. I mean, but knowing Spotify and their watch app, they'll probably take them 10 years to update it because of how slow Spotify is with that watch app. Actually, how is that? Because the music app's getting a redesign. They didn't mention it here, but they are redesigning the music app. And I've seen some screenshots. It looks pretty cool. But how is the Spotify watch app going forward? Um, I I never use, like, I don't think Spotify has a 
watch app? Yeah, they do. You can download music to the watch and everything. They have a full watch OS app. Uh, I have never used it. Today, <laughs> today used in Shades it. of Brown, we find out functionality exists. I, 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 I swear to God, I've never used this fucking Spotify. Like, if it exists, I have never used it. Like, I I don't know if I even, even have it installed. Like, I, I, I really do not know. Like, I can take a look, but I, like... Uh, yeah, Spotify is probably installed, but I've found the app like it I've never, launched. never, <laughs> I've never used like look like I've, I mentioned earlier that I don't use the watch in like for large amounts of UI inter navigation or interaction, right? So that includes the music app. No, no, that makes sense. The only reason I use the, the Apple Music app is because I go running without my iPhone, right? Oh, yeah, that, that so yours, I will go, I will go work out bit, with yeah. just my watch. So I, I, it makes sense to use it there. But honestly, if I was going running with my phone, why would I? I wouldn't be using the watch to like start a playlist. Yeah, like I much, yeah, I much prefer to use the phone to to navigate Spotify's UI, right? Like or the music app if I'm, if I'm listening to local music, right? Like it's it's just. Like I, I didn't even think about using like you mentioned this to me. I was like, wait, you can do that? Like I, I only thing I do is like pause and play. Like I, I don't, I don't do anything else. But yeah, like not much. That's I think that's about it for watchOS. It's it's uh it's a small update for watchOS eight. Uh, just quality of life improvements like, across the board, which is fine. You know, like it's a, it's a, it's a sort of like a not another big feature year for watchOS eight. I mean, I would assume there is some stuff that is probably going to get improved. Like, probably going to add, add it later when they announce new hardware. Like, there's probably going to be some stuff there. So, I, there's, so in the health app, they added a lot of detailed views for blood glucose monitoring. Which, I mean, I mean, I, I that's still, I, I'm not sure if it's actually going to come because of how difficult that is, right? Without measuring blood to get your sugar levels. But, but there, there's like very, it's, it's like the same kind of nice graphs you get with the hearing stuff, right? When they brought that over to the AirPods and also with the uh, with the sleep tracking. So that's what makes me think. Although um, I think a, sm- a smaller, nicer thing is that find, find My Phone is now on or like Find My is on the watch. Because right now the watch only has, um, only has, what's it called? Find People. You can't actually use it to find your devices or remotely ping them. Oh. Uh- I see. I see. Okay, that's good. You know, yeah. There's, there's a lot of small, like, small improvements to the watch OS. It's fine. I, I don't like. I, I don't need the watch. I need the watch to be more stable than anything. I just hope to fix the weird syncing bugs that happen in shortcuts sometimes. But I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. Like it's. It's. A, I. I think I mentioned this on the podcast. But sometimes shortcuts that uh get triggered from the like triggered from the phone or from the watch don't sync properly with each other. The state of the shortcut and it fails. Uh, I think that's just a weird Bluetooth bug or something. Uh, but that's that's just me. Uh, so let's uh, let's. I think it is time to to uh, iOS and iPadOS. So iOS and iPadOS both in the same category. Uh, category. Uh, this is like I think it's interesting to me. I mean, it's not interesting, but it is like notable that they started with FaceTime, right? Like this is like a, it's a, it's a sign of our times, right? Like it's a very like this is definitely a keynote made in in the times of a pandemic where people are using uh video calling apps more than ever right like this is a sign that like in what other time would apple make but the first thing in their keynote is facetime right like it's it's just straight up just for facetime like the first features that they announced for ios uh is expansion to uh facetime so what what are they adding to facetime they're adding uh a lot a lot it's actually quite do you actually do you want to start with the web ui should we just get our emotions out before we talk about anything else should we just talk about Uh, the uh, website so 
So there's there's a feature called FaceTime links. Uh, so which which means that you can you can add people to you know you can create a FaceTime call for for a, for like a later time I guess, and then you can share that call as a link via messages or you know by the share share sheet, right? And it it gets it's it's like a unique link that gets sent to you whoever you send it to, and whoever opens that link. Uh, like get like is, is in the FaceTime call. Um, and this feature works on iOS, obviously on iOS, uh, iOS and iPadOS, but it also works on Android and Windows devices because it is a web link. It's a web link, uh, like an HTTPS URL, right? You op- you can open it in like in like Google Chrome on your Android device or like Google Chrome on your on your on your Windows desktop. Will not work will, in Firefox. It will work in Firefox. I would nope, imagine it no, is using, no, it doesn't work in it, Firefox. It doesn't work in Firefox. I think it is using some sort of. It depends it, on WebRTC extensions. That it's, I, I was about to say. Firefox, yeah. Yeah. I, I was about to say it's using some sort of uh, WebRTC. Obviously, it's using WebRTC. I think that's like the only tech that this is supported, and it is also end-to-end encrypted. They're using encryption. Uh, I do say assuming encryption extensions in WebRTC, right? Uh, I think it's called ZRTP or whatever, like the protocol. Uh, but yeah, like they they're using that. Right, so it is going to supposedly work on Android and Windows devices. So, I, like, we don't know how this works yet, or if if it works, or I don't think its feature is available yet, even. In yeah, the- it's not available in the betas, but I mean, honestly, it's it's like probably like how Google Duo call work, right? You could join Google Duo on the web. I don't think that's interesting. I think it was more interesting the fact that they did it, that like they actually made it, made it, and more importantly. FaceTime and iMessage are like basically two sides of the same coin. So where is the iMessage web UI? But they did. They are. They are really. They are very like. It seems like they're almost there, but they're not quite. Maybe next year. Who knows? I don't. All I'm saying is, we get an iMessage web UI. I can finally stop using Telegram. You could just have another tab open, and we all win. I yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd I'd be fine with that. That's one less messaging app for me to keep up. That's fine. Exactly. It's just it's it's low. I mean, well, it's an Apple website, so it's probably going to be uh not. I mean, well, I mean, hey, that RTX twenty eight is going to put in work rendering that JavaScript. Oh my. <laughs> okay, so there is um, FaceTime on iOS uh, is receiving a proper grid mode, right? With uh, with multiple participants, like. It is. Uh, it's like it just looks better, right? Like it arranges the way people like 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 you, people like it has nice borders around the people, right? Like so when when somebody's talking, it highlights their highlights them, right? Like around like the border lights up, um, and also they're adding uh, spatial audio to FaceTime, right? Spatial audio to FaceTime, which means that you depending on where the person is in the grid it will sound a little bit they sound like they're, they're coming in from that direction which is just like i don't know if that's like a good thing i don't know if that's like i i i just i don't i've actually not used spatial audio so i don't know if this is like a useful i i they, they try to make it seem useful like it's it, they'll try to like be make conversations feel more natural like like you're actually talking face to face like I don't know how well that will work, right? Like the, the only way. To- I feel like this is like one of those things that just like sure it's there, you know. Like I don't know if it's a game. Like you know, there's a lot of features on an iPhone. You're kind of like, yeah, sure, it's there, but I don't really use it. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm just very curious how well what it what it'll sound like. I'm just from a, from a technology perspective, from a human interaction standpoint, like psychologically, how does how does that feel? Uh, the one of the features that I know you're excited about is voice isolation. 
this is not a new feature in iOS, but it's a new feature to FaceTime, right? You said this existed in uh, in voice memos. Voice memos. And this is also an API that other developers can pull into their apps. So um, let's say a certain RAM-heavy chat app, for example, could stop using their proprietary voice isolation tech and just build into the system one. Crispy AI. You, you really think Discord gives a shit about their I.O.? Like, oh, no, no, no. Discord doesn't give a shit about anything. They only give a shit about tracking you. No, yeah, the Discord, if, it, if Discord cared about iOS, they would make it a native app and not a shitty React native app that logs me out, like, if I don't use the app for a week. <laughs> it's fucking annoying as hell. Uh, but yeah, like, it's... But this feature, the, though, is, I think it's, obviously, machine learning-based background was, was as given with um, NVIDIA's RTX voice, whatever they call it nowadays in, RT, in NVIDIA broadcast, is very good. And I think offering this up as in FaceTime, but also as, like, a system-level feature is also very good for the fact of is, hey, you know, it's not... And it's not, like people don't have good mics or people, don't, you know, purposely record shit environments. Like, sometimes you just need, you're just out on a train, right? And you need to take a phone call. You're out on a train. Like, you're, you know, you're, you're like, you're out and about, like, you need to take a call in the middle of the street or whatever, right? Like, it happens. Or it's the like, middle it's of not... fucking summer and you need to have the fan on. <laughs> sure. Like, it's, this. that's the thing. Like, it's, 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 it's like, voice isolation is very helpful. Uh, it blocks, uh, it will block out surrounding background noise and amplify like your voice uh and there is also like the opposite effect which is the 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 calling it wide spectrum mode where uh like other sounds around you will be boosted into the mix uh i think that's good for for um group calls right like not group calls as in like for multiple devices but like you know like you're calling your family you put the ipad down or you put the macbook in front of you right and you need you know you have someone to the right and the left and you want everyone to be able to speak and be heard right so you need to have a wider stage for the audio to be you know sent through sure yeah i mean that's what i'm thinking as well like for group like group to group meetings or whatever something like that right like using a single device for a group meeting between two groups right like something like that like that's that's cool like i'm glad that it's not like just voice isolation i'm glad that they're you know making it so that you can choose whichever mode you need uh the one of the bigger features here uh that is uh was announced that was share share play um share play is 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 enables like you to watch like if you're on a video chat you can watch movies and tv shows and music and you can screen share with other people and it'll all be in sync right like it will it will have it'll all be in sync right so i think a good example of this would be right so let's say it's overwatch season overwatch league season right and me and you want to uh, i don't know we'll go watch the finals so we hop into a facetime call me a facetime video facetime audio whatever doesn't matter and then we're just kind of like, oh, yo, let's throw on the game. So me over here, I'm on my Apple TV, right? I'm putting it on. You, you're on your iPad, right? And it keeps them both in sync. And we have like a little chat thing going on. And it's all like matching up. So if say we have to pause it for a minute because one of us needs to go grab a beer or whatever, right? Like it'll pause it for both of us. And then the one thing I'm interested in is how does it manage audio ducking, right? Like if you're listening to it with speakers and stuff, like how are those edge cases handles where, where it tries to block out? I imagine they've... Well, well that does one of the... <laughs> the isolation stuff would help there but yeah that's like i'm very curious about like people because i'll be listening on my tv speakers of course right so you how do you not hear that right i uh that's uh that would that, that's one of those things that we will see when this feature is uh out and about and we can like people can test it and see how it works 
Like, I'm very curious because this is actually a really cool feature. Um, this is an API, right? Like, this is a developer API, a SharePlay API that can be used by, obviously, like, audio, video uh, apps. Actually, right? other apps, too, can use it. So, for example, you can use SharePlay to do, like, a synced drawing board, for example, in Notes. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you could do it for that. So, in theory, I don't know why we would, but in theory, we could do a SharePlay session for our show notes, right? In, like, the Notes app or whatever. Mm, yeah, I, I mean that seems uh, that seems a little problematic, but yes, I suppose like it's I they mentioned a couple apps on the on the keynote like Disney Plus, right? HBO Max, I believe, uh, Hulu got mentioned, but uh, but you know what app didn't get mentioned? Netflix. There, there was there's no mention of Netflix. YouTube didn't get a mention too either. YouTube YouTube didn't get a mention either. Um, so uh, Netflix, hello. I mean, but Google and, and native iOS APIs, I don't they don't go hand in hand. YouTube still doesn't support picture in picture, even if you pay for YouTube Premium. It's uh, YouTube app is I hate the YouTube app. Uh, it's bad. Uh, the iOS YouTube app is not not good. Uh, but yeah, like it is like you know HBO Max Twitch. Apparently, you can watch. I mean, sure. Why not? Um, TikTok, which is an interesting thing to me. Like you can watch uh, TikTok videos. Uh, ESPN Plus. Uh, I mean, but if you're like, if you're like Apple, that's a smart, that's a smart choice of initial people to partner with, right? You got your bases covered. Yeah, and only you got the gamers, right? You got Twitch, right? You got the gamers, and then you got the tech bros because Masterclass, right? You know. Oh, Masterclass, right? I forgot about Masterclass. <laughs> yeah, Masterclass, right? Um, uh, Disney Plus, you know, you got the kids covered. You got Hulu. You got HBO Max, right? You got you got the sports nerds covered with ESPN Plus. You know, like it's 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 a good range of services that are initially going to be supporting this. So, and I'm sure, I'm sure Netflix will probably support this at some point. Not right now, but like I would imagine they don't want to be left out. You know what I would actually be interested in with this games. Like how you could use this tech in games, right? Because you start like a voice the, call I'm, or something. Mm, it's an you can the, build it. Mm, mm, the latency requirements would be it's the, the games are too sensitive. Most games are too sensitive to latency. No, but, but, but these are to, not so. It doesn't. It's not re. Oh, you mean like some, you mean you mean somebody is playing a game on one device and somebody's watching on the other device? Is that what you mean? No, two people playing games together, right? Like mm, and trying to sync it up over um, that. Why would you need the SharePlay API? Why don't you just set up like uh like a like using Game Center or whatever, like the Game Center APIs to have like a peer to peer? I don't know if it's peer to peer, but you like know, a ser- server that's fair. session. Yeah, like why? That's, I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. That's the, like I mean, it's not this is not the API for that, right? Like that's I I don't think I don't think game developers are going to use this for that, right? Uh, it doesn't. I don't think it makes much sense for for that. Uh, like a party game, right? Like a party game, like you would, party games usually have like. The, the host has like a code that you share with everybody else, right? And then they connect to the whole host, right? Like that's how that works. So I, I don't imagine this is for that. Uh, messages is getting... Um, Not a web UI, so who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck about <laughs> messages. <laughs> oh my God. To be honest, I don't use messages that much, but yeah, like I, I do use it, but not that much, but it's... it's, it's, in my, it's um, one of the features that it's going to use is coming is that they made a big deal of is called shared with you, which is if you have a conversation or fake group chat, uh, somebody shares like a link, uh, of, of, uh, like an article or a video, it, uh, like a link, it, it gets like, it gets surfaced, like the, the, it, like the surface 
in like Apple News, right? Or if somebody shares a photo, it gets surfaced in the Photos app, right? You can tap on that and you can go back to the conversation. It was there, right? So, you know, it's sort of like deep linking in, in conversations. This is this is very useful. This is actually very useful because I, a lot of my um, messages are sending content to people, right? Like me and friend of the show, Jack, right? Are always sending YouTube videos and shit back and forth. So I, I haven't checked to see if this is available on third-party apps. I don't imagine why it couldn't be. But so if this is available on third-party apps, and assuming YouTube gave a fuck about integrating with iOS, it'd be very nice, right, to open the YouTube app and have, like, a recently shared with you section for messages and stuff. Yeah, I would, yeah, that, that would be very useful. Like, I send, like, if, if Telegram would support this, I send you, like, Gamers Nexus videos all the time, right, or whatever. Yeah, or, like, links, right? So you open Safari, and it'll tell you, like, you know, shared with you, or if you open YouTube, it'll tell you that. That'd be so yeah, useful. That would, I mean, it would be genuinely actually useful if third-party apps could use this, like, could surface this information uh, because that would make it very, very useful. Uh, so, I mean, this is fine. Um, improvements to Memoji, you know, was as always. Uh, I I mean, I don't use Memoji, but I know people are really into it. Some people are really into it. You can say Memoji is a, is, is, is a Western VTuber. Uh, Anyways, focus. I, the next focus. feature <laughs> The focus is actually a big deal, right? Well, the notifications focus, and focus. I think we, notifications and focus. focus so this, I guess, is like the notifications zone of, of iOS. This is a big year for notifications in iOS. So first of all, focus. Uh, focus is essentially profiles. I think Android has these, right? Like uh, notification profiles uh, where you can have like a personal profile where it's like, you know, your your personal apps. And you can have like a work profile and you can have like a sleep profile, right? Like work, well, like the work for, uh, like profile would let you, like in focus, you can configure like which contacts can contact you, uh, which apps can notify you, which home screen should be displayed or hidden, right? Um, if it's if, like, do not disturb, like who can trigger that, like who can trigger notifications. Like it is cool. Like I, I don't, I don't know how much this will be useful to me personally, but I will be curious to like sort of play around with it a little bit to see how well I can, like how flexible it is and like how I can use it. Like I don't really make use of like multiple home screens. I only have like the one home screen, right? Like uh, the one like like page of, of app, like the one page and that's it. Like everything else is in, in the drawer. Uh, so like, I don't know how, how useful this would be. Like a work mode. I mean, maybe a work mode to like, Put like a like have a screen which like only gets shown on during work like you know it has Slack on it and it has like like uh, Safari on it so I can test web pages or whatever right you know like something like that like it's like maybe that would be useful but other than that I don't know if it's like it's well. It ties the reason it's useful specifically is how it ties into notifications because you get the home screen customization. But say for example, to go back to your work, and that's just how actually I'm going to have it set up for work. I uh, you can, and this is the third party apps can integrate with it, right? This is something that's open to all. You get statuses that messaging apps can take. So, for example, at work, um, for certain contacts or for certain apps, right? I can basically there'd be a banner that says, "Hey, this person you're messaging is away. They're they they're they're on do not disturb as their status, right? Because that's the profile set." So if you send me a message, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do it for Telegram because, I mean, uh, nothing I think we send during the day is super time sensitive, right? But like, you know, for family members, right, basically they'll, they'll message me and it'll be like, hey, this person is set to do not disturb, you know, and you can let specific contacts break through that to actually notify you. 
And that's very useful because there are some people who, hey, if they text me during the day and it's important, I want to let them notify me. But if I'm at work, right, I kind of you know don't want to be distracted. So I'd rather, you know, just not be have my watch buzzing all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 uh like that is cool. Like I will see like uh, like I I can like add some context to that for sure. Like and also they sort of redesigned the way notifications look, right? They're like thinner, right? Like they're thinner. Um and they did the thing that Android did, right? Where instead of it being an app icon when it's a chat app, it's the person's face with a notification, right? Person's face. That's very good. I I do I do like that. That is that is that makes things like that makes like people stand out in the notification because right now notifications are like like if you have a lot of notifications right now in the notifications uh center it doesn't it's terrible it's bad it's like from a psychological perspective it all blends in like it's hard to parse that much information without any distinctive ui elements right because it all sorts of looks like all looks the same which is which is not good in the case of notifications because notifications are not supposed like every, different kinds of notifications have different levels of importance, right? Then I want like if if a message like a message in in messages app and from Telegram is more important to me than uh than a random like a email message or uh, like for, uh, notifications from like I don't know some 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 other app, right? Like uh, some notifications are more important. So and that that's why this year they're adding um. They're adding a, a notification summary feature. Well, and on top of notification summary too, it's important to mention that notifications are now prioritized like on Android, where it is not 100% chronological in that list. Applications assign a priority to their noti- notification type. And with that, to get the highest priority, you have to get a manual entitlement and apply from it from Apple. So you can actually not get the urgent notification priority type on your app unless it's approved by Apple. So what that means is, so Amber Alerts, right, are priority or urgent, meaning that your phone will buzz and wake up even if you have it on Do Not Disturb because it's just legally mandated. So other apps could, in theory, because there are some apps, like say, for example, a um, home security app, right, detects a breach. You probably want that to buzz you even if you have Do Not Disturb on. So if you get a manual entitlement, that notification type can be marked as urgent. But what that means is message apps are probably going to be high. Um, your gotcha game is going to try and mark it as high, but probably get shot down in the app store, I hope. And and from there, and right, and the system will rank it lower than the, and it always, it was, it was always surface the message notifications before you get your gotcha notifications. Right. Right. Like you know, on my, uh, on my phone, like, like I, I have, I'm very sensitive to notifications. Like, over notification overload. So I try to, like, it's extremely managed as to what notifications I actually get on a day to day basis, right? That's some, like, obviously messages, like from our messages and from Telegram or any other chat app is more, is important as well as like email messages, uh, or, you know, messages from Slack during, during, during the workday, right? Like those are important. Like those, those I want to see, right? Like those need to be surfaced above, like, for example, a notification from Uber Eats or whatever, right? Like it's, it's just like, you know, like there are some notifications that are more important. Like I, I'm very happy. But, but no one does finally. that. <laughs> no one does that though. Is that's a, which is why I, I know, I know, I know, helpful. I know it's, I mean, it's still going to be useful to me anyways. Like I, I, the notification summary feature, especially that uses this is gonna, is gonna, I'm, it's, I'm one of the first things I do in the morning. Uh, is check check notifications right to see if any important mail messages uh, arrived overnight or whatever, and I would love like a like a good 
like nice summary of like any any important notification that I that I might have missed or you know that came in at, like when I when the phone on do not disturb or like that notification summary is actually quite helpful. Right, and this way with notification summaries, I think I accidentally glossed over it. Basically, you wake up in the morning or you set a time it comes at to, and it's a notification that's like a think of it more like a, a news article, right, or like a digest that gives you like all of your things, right? So, like for me, for example, I'm going to open my notification summary and I'm going to see LP for Love Life School Idol Festival All Stars been restored. Hey, did you know you can get a deal on some idol cards today? Hey, come back and play this game, and then I'm going to swipe it away and fuck it all off, and it's going to be beautiful. Uh, this, this is, this, I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that feature. To be honest, like I, I could set it like in the morning to, like you know, at nine a.m. or whatever to, to arrive, you know, and, and give me a, give me a summary. So that, that's that's cool because a lot of times what happens is, uh, some apps like notify me, for example, like the like MetaText, the Mastodon app, like will notify me about somebody talk, messaging mentioning me on on Mastodon. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I won't see the notification for a while. Like I would love to have like a like a summary of that as well, you know, to make sure I don't miss anything. But yeah, like it's it's all going good. Like it's getting better. Like it's less fewer things to complain about in iOS notifications. Still, I'm sure there will be issues with the system. It's, it's not probably not going to be perfect uh, this first scale go around. Um, it's probably going to have weird bugs. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, but like I am glad that. Apple is is starting to take cues from from Android and actually implement features that are you know genuinely useful to people who who don't really micromanage the notifications uh, that much right like it is it is important uh, so so that's good um, live text I think personally is a very cool feature uh, live text is the system wide feature where if you, it can, it is like OCR, right? It, it, it optical character recognition, right? Like if you take a picture of some text, it, uh, the machine learning, I guess, it will be able to like, you can like select that text, copy it and paste it as text, right? Like that is, that is really, I think that is really fucking cool. Uh, like you, you can take, take a picture of like a, I don't know, like a restaurant menu, right? And it'll like transcribe it for you, which is like really cool. Like you can, you don't have to, manually transcribe it if you want to send it as like uh you want to post it on social media and you want to like you have to you don't have you would want to type out the entire like text by by, by hand you know you could you could, you could use this feature to put the description in, 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 for the image uh it's it's really cool i it also like uh recognize like visual the uh, visual lookup it's like you can recognize like dogs dog breeds flowers uh landmarks you know uh stuff like that uh, it's a support seven languages at launch. Um, and uh, so, you know, it is, I think it is a very cool feature. Uh, Something that I'm not, I haven't found yet. I'm trying to look up right now. I believe, uh, is there an API for this? Because if there is, I think that's the piece that would be very useful for, say, for example, um, meta text can implement live text. So you, people don't want to caption their images on Mastodon. Hey, you get a fighting chance at least, right? To get some decent kind of, image stuff and it's and it's not using like some creepy third-party library um and i should say too this is obviously a clone to google lens this has existed on android forever but i think it's one of those things that it's kind of buried on android some android phones pixels have it built into the camera but not all right it depends on your skin so i think it's like for a good portion of android users it isn't as serviceable as it is here on a pixel of course it is but it's still very nice to have this feature nonetheless 
And also, I should mention, it also does translation, right? Like, if it detects as another language, uh, you can, you can select it and then hit the translate button. It'll use the translate app, I guess, uh, to, to do the translation. That is, I think, also very cool. Like, if you're traveling, traveling and you're in a place where you don't, you don't necessarily understand the language, like, you know, like, it is going to be very useful to have this. Uh, Photos app is getting some uh, small updates, right? Uh, obviously, the shares play stuff is is in here, but also the memories feature is again uh, can be, uh, you know, memories can now be set to your favorite songs from Apple Music, bro. Like that feature, yeah. Um, I I know it's this is Apple and it's all about vertical integration, but bro, like I like just let me set like pick a custom track. Just I don't I don't use Apple Music. All I'm saying is I need my memories to be sent to straighten by Migos. Every song from last year, it, the memory needs to end with turning the pandemic to a pandemic. That's all I'm saying. Sure, like it generates a video, right? You can hold, like you can, like it's it's all very cool. I'm sure people will find this useful, or maybe not. But personally, I don't find memories useful, as I mentioned earlier. But and, and like. But yeah, whatever. Like I, I'll just continue ignoring these, <laughs> ignoring this particular feature. I guess. Uh, wallet is actually like I'm uh, gonna get some interesting new features. I don't know how many of these are gonna like. These are gonna take a while to like actually be used by organizations and whatever. Uh, but they are in this in the in the U.S. They're they're working with Apple is working with states to include drivers' licenses and other official identification types uh, as, uh, into the wallet app. It's never going to come. Let's be honest. It's never... State, the driver's licenses in wallet is never going to come. Or if it does, I'm not doing it. Um, because um, this is the the United States of America and also Toronto. Um, you know, fuck London, Ontario. Nothing but respect for the homies out there. Fuck Ontario. But um, he's basically... Would you hand a cop your phone? No. <laughs> no. 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 I don't give a fuck about what circumstance it is. No. No. This is this is this is this is this is this is one of those things. I'm like looking at this. And I'm like, no. Actually, like I would prefer my ID to be a card in my wallet that I can p- take out and present if if needed. I do not want to hand my phone to somebody or tap on a thing like i would rather they look at my physical id or would you would you like to let the tsa access your your digital keys on your phone to allow you to go through airport security no Mm, no no i i I do not do not want the tsa near me at all but like yeah exactly like it's no yeah a lot of this is feels a little like uh, i uh uh uh, apparently you can have car keys using ultra wideband or some shit. Uh, that was announced last year. Yeah. But it's like more expansion of more cars. But, um, I think the, the thing that's even cooler actually is other keys. So, um, he's Disney right now. Like you can get to Disney world, um, Orlando, right? So I live nearby Disney, but you can get to Disney world using your phone. You don't need a physical key. You can just use the wallet app. So expanding out to hotels, Airbnbs, um, the office one, cause my company where I used to work in an actual office right before I worked from home. They had like the RFID cards and it would have been way useful to not have to carry that and just use my phone for it, you know, to tap it, to get into the office. Sure. Sure. I mean, that that's fine. I, I'm just not putting my, my ID card or like driver's license or whatever other ID into fucking Apple wallet. Like I, I really do not want to do that. <laughs> like it's not, not good. No. Uh, the weather app is getting redesigned. This is just, 
This is just uh, dark, dark, dark sky. Yeah, dark sky. They acquired dark sky last year, right? Um, and they, they're integrating features from dark sky into the new weather app and also using Swift UI. Uh, it's fine. Looks fine. Like, I, I, I don't, it's, it's the weather app. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, I mean, the weather app is the only app or weather app I use. Like, I don't use any third-party weather apps. So, you know, mostly for privacy reasons, because all these other third-party weather apps, like, bro, have you seen the amount of, like, location metadata and other shit that they collect? It's- I think we could pause. I think we could pause on that bit. And when we go to the privacy features, I think that's actually a nice one to bring back up. So I think we'll pause on the data collection stuff and weather apps, and we'll pick it up then. Okay. Uh, Maps is getting, uh, like, you know, just sort of like a. Bro, nice, it's the fucking Sims. It's, it's the, the Sims. fucking Sims. Get Gita Jackson on the phone. Uh, like, yeah, like it is, it is, it's getting, it looks nice. I'm, I'm glad I own, as I only use, uh, Apple Maps in my city, at least. Uh, in Toronto, Apple Maps is pretty good. Well, actually, I think we should explain the feature too. I think we just basically said it's the Sims explaining it. So basically, in select cities, they're getting higher detailed maps. And by detailed maps, it basically like looks like a um, like like how the Sims or like a oh, what's the word for it where you build a small scale very high detailed model right you know what I'm talking about right like right 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 like a, mini- a like, miniature like a miniature, yeah like a right? miniature display of like a city it's very detailed like you can see small road detail and like you could they elevation right like you can see elevation of the map the the texturing work of it looks very nice like it genuinely. For San Francisco, and I mean, of course, they're starting in California, but for San Francisco, it looks, it's such a fucking nice looking map. And the joke is, right, the reason I say it looks like The Sims is because it looks like it's like a rendered game simulation more so than a map. Right, right. I, I, I do like, I do like the, the, the landmarks, you know, the, the, the trees, elevation, crosswalks, passing lanes, stuff like that. Like, it's all, it's all very good. I'm, I'm looking forward to like these features, like rolling out, like over here. Uh, there's a feature for transit riders, which is very good. There is, uh, you can now like pin favorite routes. Like if you take a certain, or you get guidance for it, right? So basically like, so it's what Google maps does. So everyone was a bus on Google maps. Um, you know, you basically get on and it's like, Hey, this is your stop. Get off, turn left, turn right. You know, like you get like that guided navigation stuff, which is so useful for riding the bus, especially when you're in a city, you don't know. And, um, of, of course it took Apple this long to add it. Cause people with iPhones don't ride the bus, right? <laughs> yeah uh transit features i've been using the transit app for a long time i would i mean i i don't want to replace it like to be honest the transit app is actually specialized in very good ways and it's extremely good uh but I, so apple maps is still not quite the transit app i feel like but yeah uh it's it's getting there it's it's getting better at the transit stuff for sure uh safari is getting uh um the, the we're gonna so we're gonna talk about the ios and ipad version we don't need to talk about the about the mac version yet but so we're just gonna well, well for safari all we're gonna say for ios and ipad os is that it now has web extensions which is very good it has very 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 uh ipad os okay I, um i, I i'm i'm like, this is this is actually a big year for iPad OS, right? Like iPad OS multitasking has been one of those. Like every review of the new iPad Pro that came out earlier uh, was like, "Hey, this is good hardware, but like the software is hot shit. Like we need, we need to, we need to like have the like, Apple needs to focus on the software now, not the hardware." And they have, they have announced some things that are, will make the software easier to use. Uh, specifically, they, they they sort of redesigned the home screen so now you can have 
uh, multiple widgets. You can have widgets now. You can have, like, before iPad OS, you couldn't put widgets, right? It would go to a separate screen, right? Uh, so you can have, so you can have widgets, uh, and the widgets, like, are bigger sized, obviously. So you can, you know, on a 12 inch iPad Pro, like, you know, it's not like tiny widgets. Um, and the, but the biggest feature that everybody, like, everybody was just like, please give us better multitasking is here. And it's just fucking Mac OS, but, they're redesigning macOS from the basics. I, I, it's I'm just, without it's, window control. It's, 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 all window controls are almost there. It feels, this is, this is what it, this feels like. Like if you're a person who has used, uh, like macOS, who used, barely used macOS and Windows, this just feels like you're just recreating these UI paradigms from scratch. Just, on this, on this other operating system that didn't. You don't know, you know what this feels like to me? This feels like someone who, let's say you use Gentoo, right? You know, you got your Pinebook Pro, of course, you know, got the new Pine Watch and you're using Gentoo. And let's say you love DWM. You love a tiling window manager, but you're kind of like, fuck, I sometimes got to use a mouse. You know, I sometimes have to have like, multiple apps open and I said, and I got to like switch data back and forth and these keyboard shortcuts are not just cutting it. So you think to yourself, how can I still keep this as like a tiling window manager, but bring in some of the wimp controls or sorry, it's a problematic name, but like, you know, the, the, the gooey controls to it. And you're just slowly adding it in. That's what this feels like. And it wasn't, it feels like they're, they're, they're curmudgingly adding this because they don't want to move away from the, you know, from the current model. So the first, one of the things there is a multitasking icon that sits in the top center of each app in the status bar. If you tap this icon, it'll open this new multitasking menu, which has a few icons that will help you switch the app between full screen, slide over, and split view modes. Finally, this is this this is one of those things where you're just like. Why was this not there from the beginning? Like, why was this hidden? Like, one of the biggest complaints about iPadOS multitasking was that it was all gestures and hidden UI. Like, you couldn't figure out, but just by looking at something, like looking at the UI controls, because there were no UI controls on how to manage, manage, uh, multitasking rather. Like, so when you select split view for the multitasking menu, like you aren't, if you already aren't in split view, the app will like slide completely off to the edge of the screen and reveal your home screen. Then you can select a second app, which would then you can pair with the current one to create the dual split view. Right. Uh, so like it is, it is pretty cool. Right. Like you, you can, you like, if you want to bring back the focus, you can like, like you can, you can hold like it's the, the example in the Mac, Mac stories article is like, if you have a particular mail message that you want to read full screen, you hold it. And then, like, you hold on a hole in the window and it will pop, it'll pop out a mail and display as a modal window. So we're doing windowing here, right? Like, we're, we're just doing windowing, like, like Mac OS. Uh, you have a modal window on top of your split view apps, right? The background apps will get, like, a dark overlay, uh, so that you can focus on the model. When you're done, like, you can dismiss the modal and you go back to split view, right? So it's just, like, you have, like, a temporary window, which is obviously what a modal window is. Uh, and the second thing that's just a macOS, it's just a dock. Uh, they added a thing called the shelf. Just call it a dock, bro. Just why just why are you calling it a different word? Uh, it's just a shelf where you can uh, you 
you, it, it, it can display all the open windows for a particular app so you can quickly switch between them, right? Uh, it automatically shows up on the bottom when you switch to an app that has multiple windows active, right? So this is another one of, one of those criticisms that I don't remember Federico making is that if you have multiple windows of one app open, you don't know where those apps, like where, how many of them you have at any given time. Like you, if you, you can forget, right? You come back to it. Uh, so you, you can like, t- you, you can tap to switch between windows, like swipe up on windows to close them or use the new window button to create a new one. So this is just a lot, like they're adding, all these UI elements to things that didn't have UI elements before, right? Like just split, like split view, every, all these multitasking features are getting like these UI. Like I, keyboard shortcuts, there are new keyboard shortcuts as well for these. So, you know, for those. Specifically, this is not in the article, but it's very important to mention. When you hold down the command key on a keyboard hooked up to an iPad, do you know what you get? The Mac menu bar. If the app is a Catalyst app that has menu bar controls exposed, you will get a file, edit, view menu like you're on a mac what excuse me really okay only with a keyboard hooked up but yeah you will get you will get a full-on menu bar man in that app if it has it you know if it has it exposed jesus christ like they're just slowly like adding mac stuff that makes sense here and i mean okay sure i i mean i should i should we should bring up these aren't bad changes but like they they stop short of going the full way because what they need to do next, and you know, I feel like I might have been said odd prior in the iPad reviews, but or iPad um you know prior episodes, but like honestly, we need resizable floating windows. I, at this point, we objectively need resizable floating windows. I understand that some people don't want iPads for that. So my my thing is though, you can iPad OS right now already has a switch turn multitasking on and off, which is fine. I think I think actually this is something that should be on a switch and that's fine as it is right now. But when you have multitasking on, I genuinely believe that resizable floating windows is something that needs to come to iPad OS, especially for the iPad Pros where it's no longer a hardware limitation. It is just a software limitation. Because guess what? For that $300 iPad, sure. Having floating windows, probably not the best idea. But for an iPad Air or for the iPad Pro with the A14 or M1, like... Oh, uh, iPad Pro, especially the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, they're not... There's baby steps over here. Like, it's... it it's This is a start. This is just... I'm looking... I'm, I'm obviously Federico's review of this is going to be the review to read uh, when, when it comes out, I'm sure. Because Federico, as as people might know, is is, is primarily an iPad Pro user, as uh, has his primary computing device. So I am very interested in seeing what he thinks about all this uh, and what. Although I do want to mention how we got baited. Remember, they mentioned a podcast workflow, and I thought they were going to bring you know now some more audio features. Because I want to bring up something. The reason the reason I I, I always everyone knows if you listen here that I am tentative about tablets because I had the Surface right and I want to go back to that life but I can't because I can't make the show on an iPad because the reason is there is no API that lets you record audio to like multiple devices or software you know software output devices and all of that so I can't say for example have a Discord call going capture Discord audio and then record it to a separate file while also recording my own microphones input it is not as not a hardware limitation because there's USB ports right I can just plug in a hub and get my you know headphones microphone all that working that's not a problem or you know just use like you know wireless headphones but have like a the USB-C DAC plugged in that that's fine but there's no 
there's a software support that could support that specific workflow. If that specific workflow is added, guess what I could do? I could record the podcast on there. I mean, I still wish they would add Logic Pro to the iPad, but I could use Ferrite, which is a perfectly capable app. And my, my most of my VSTs that I use are actually available in the App Store for iPads. So that it wouldn't be too much of a quality difference. It'd be a little bit of a workflow change. So it is that is the one thing. I have been dying for them to add because it's just, it's, I, it, it's, it, it's not even like, it's not even, I don't even think it's counter to iOS's design. It's just something they haven't added yet, right? Like, I don't even think that kind of audio device output, it makes sense if, if you're trying to use like an iPad for stage recordings and stuff, right? Like, there's other contexts outside of podcasts that you'd want that kind of control. There's, of course. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I know a lot of people use iPads to make music and stuff, right? Like, obviously, you know, this is like a... But you can't have, like, multiple guitars plugged in unless that app supports it, right? Like, it's on an app-by-app basis, and it makes no sense when that could be easily be a system thing because it already exists on macOS. So I'm going to... There are a few formations. I'm going to quickly go through them. Uh, there is... Notes is getting... Um, you can mention other people in shared notes, uh, which is which is cool. You know that's fine. Uh, the new feature called in iPadOS is it's called Quick Note, which can it it's basically like a it's the S Pen. Like it's the S. <laughs> it's the S Pen. It's the Samsung feature. Yes, uh, it's just like a like a scratch pad basically that you bring up a Quick Note. And it brings up a like a miniature notes interface, and you can like rapidly like jot like use the using the app pencil to uh draw down uh some notes and then you can just swipe it away and it'll be saved in notes right like that's it's, like yeah it's fine like it's 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 good like if you if you use uh ipad OS a lot i'd imagine this is this is nice for you uh i imagine federico is probably like hell yeah uh tra- the translate app is is now an ipad no that's that's good like it, it was ios only uh it's ios only right now so that's that's good um Swift Playgrounds uh, is getting an enormous upgrade, actually, in, in iPadOS. Uh, it's not called Xcode, but it is very getting getting closer to being Xcode, right? Uh, it can, like, run live previews of apps as you build them. Like, you know, it does, I guess it just... You can also upload them to the App Store, which means you can do a fully um, iPad-dependent workflow for making apps now. Um, it, yeah, I would imagine not for, not for a complex app, I would imagine. But like, you can do UIKit. It's not only SwiftUI. The thing is, SwiftUI only has a GUI builder. So in Xcode, I'll make this super quick. There's something called, um, fuck, what is it called? Basically, it's like an interface builder. That's the old version of it, but whatever. You can build interfaces with it for UIKit using your mouse. That is not supported in SwiftUI. You can do UIKit. You can do the old style building apps. It's just done by code, which some developers actually might say that's a good thing. (laughs) It's a build your UIs in code only, but you can do full iOS development. And you can also import packages and do all that fun stuff with it. This is really cool. Um, I think for super complex apps, right? Probably not. But, you know, it obviously, this is the version one, right? Version one, it'll get more complex as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 good, it's good for getting started. Like, if you're just getting started on iOS development. And for example, if I wanted to get into I, like like iOS development, for example. Oh wait, what's our develop? What's what's our example? What's uh, your horny Overwatch League app? There we go. If you want to finally build your app full of May horny art, you can do it now and put it in the App Store and get denied like the rest of us. <laughs> get denied. Just... Yeah. So yeah, no, it's 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 if you're starting out, you know, like if you're just getting started on iOS development, like why not? Like this is I. I'd hope this becomes more fully fledged and gets better over time because it is like, it is like a thing. Like why would you are on this Apple, but why would I not like for an iPad pro device to not be able to develop on it? Like why would, why wouldn't I be able to, like, I should be able to do that if I want to. Right. So I, I think this is good. 
Uh, there's some Siri stuff that, but we're going to mention that in the privacy section because it's privacy related. Yeah, and I should say, for the sake of time, too, just a couple of accessibility things. Most of them listen to our prior episode where we mentioned the Accessibility Day uh, article. That's all the iOS 15 watchlist stuff that's coming. Um, just because we are uh, Xbox E3 starts in an hour, so we gotta right, we gotta go a little quicker. Um, basically, they're also adding two things that I want to mention. First one is iPad or iCloud storage, temporary iCloud storage when you buy a new device. Meaning that if you don't have, if you don't pay for iCloud storage and you can't move to a new device because you don't have enough space to put your data into iCloud, they'll give you unlimited storage for three weeks when you buy a new device to get all of your shit onto your new device, which is great. That's great. Um, Apple, the iCloud keychain stuff supports two-factor codes. Cool. We're actually talking about passwords later. And the last thing is for accessibility. There is per app display and text se- text size settings, which is super useful. Because for example, my parents, I have their phones running in Zoom mode because they're older, right? And they just have poor vision. But you know what app breaks when you increase the text size on iOS? Please take a guess. Take a guess. What app do you think breaks if you have it not set to a d- default display size? Like uh, the bank app or whatever? Like is that, is that what that is? YouTube, the, U, the, the title bar is off the screen, so you cannot actually search or tap those controls when you run it in display on the iPhone 12 mini. So what this means is for, my dad can actually use YouTube like a normal person. I can run that in the non-displayed mode because YouTube does not respect your accessibility layouts. So that is why I wanted to bring it up because fuck YouTube. Sure. Fuck YouTube, yes. Uh, Mac OS... Uh, it is called macOS Monterey. Uh, Monterey, Monterey. It's, it's a nice word. Named after the the pop, the hop, the not the hopin, the uh, poppin Lil Nas X song, Monterno, Monterey. Oh, Montero, Montero, yes. Uh, one of the biggest features in, uh, in macOS Monterey is universal control and airplay for Mac, which I think just looks like a futuristic, like, moving apps not not moving but uh it's actually data sharing basically like you can you can like move a window like you open you have like for example mail open and you can move the mail like to your ipad and it'll open on your ipad right like it's it's very uh very cool well so like i think it's even cooler is you can move content right so let's say for example I'm drawing nothing but um, buff nude, um, you know, people on my iPad, of course, you know, um, doing some commissions. And I want to drag that over to an email on my Mac. So you just move your mouse, right, from the Mac over to the iPad using your same Mac's mouse. It'll show up as a cursor on the iPad. Yes. Click that file, drag it this over, and so drop cool. it into the email. This and it is will, so cool. This is... And it will be that moved there automatically. So this is this is like multiple features combined, right? This is continuity, right? Which people might know already, like continuity. And also AirDrop, right? Like I imagine the file transfer is done using the AirDrop protocol. Like uh, like I, this is, I if this works as well as the demo did, in, in the keynote, I am going to be very happy about this because often I'm just like on my Mac or like on my phone and I want to like move a link or to my, to, to my, to my Mac. Like it's, it's just like I'll move a file or whatever between my Mac. Instead of using AirDrop, like 
directly like i could use this like this is just i if you especially if- and, and i think the reason it'll work well too is that it's based off of wide wi-fi direct and and like a direct bluetooth pairing with each other right so because why wi-fi direct is very bad in most cases but when you have two devices right next to each other with line of sight wi-fi direct is actually pretty fucking good for heavy bandwidth stuff very good it's no it's actually very good it's very good especially for like if you're moving a lot of like heavy like uh like files that are larger, like AirDrop. I, I I don't use AirDrop that often, but like AirDrop is pretty cool. Uh, so this is this is cool. Uh, I I'm I'm curious. I'm sure this is gonna be a little buggy. Like it can't like it will be a little buggy. The feature like this, it can it cannot ship like per flawlessly. But AirPlay AirPlay for Mac though. I want to mention this for one minute because so have I ever told you my podcast? I think I've told you in text before. I think I've told you on the pod. I think I said on the podcast my podcast works listening workflow TM. I'm time to talk about workflows. So here, here's it. Here we are. Here, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Let me let me say it first, and then and then we'll respond in real time. So I use Overcast on my iPhone. I have to use a third party app to route the audio over Wi-Fi from my iPhone to my Mac, where I then plug it into an app that allows me to load VSTs on incoming audio as a virtual audio device in real time. And then on that, I run a chain of background noise reduction EQ. And some other plugins for limiters and stuff. Just and then I have it then piped out to my headphones. So using AirPlay for Mac, I can cut out two applications. There's two applications I can cut out because I can directly route it from my phone to my Mac. I like. I don't think Apple imagined that particular <laughs> workflow when they designed this feature. But I'm sure if you like mention this to like an Apple developer who worked on like like this, they'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like. Nah, they're gonna be like, uh, hell yeah, brother. That's what know, I'm gonna like, get. It's very good. Uh, so I'm glad your workflows are getting streamlined. You know, they love to see it for sure. Well, that's also too another another reason I think is actually important is target display mode no longer exists, so you can't use old iMacs as monitors. So you can at least now try and AirPlay it, right? Put them on Wi-Fi, right? Of course, right? You know, put a, or Ethernet. I mean, put the old iMac on Ethernet, and then you can just AirPlay to it, right? And so at the very least. You can use like a, a, a like an um, Apple Silicon iMac once it gets old, right? As a monitor piece, that you can AirPlay to it. And I mean, over Ethernet, obviously, you might not want to game on it, but I mean, it's better for you know you can use it as like a secondary display, and the latency is fine. Ethernet only adds like a couple milliseconds of input latency, right? So it shouldn't be that bad. No, no, this should be fine. Uh, shortcuts is coming to the Mac. Uh, this is actually kind of a big deal because uh, all the automators like, old. Automator's old. Automator's, I was about to say, Automator is long in the tooth, right? It's, it's, it's very old. Uh, and it hasn't been well supported in a long ass time. Uh, so you can, you can now use shortcuts to do a lot of things that Automator could. Uh, and you can like automatically, like you can import Automator actions as shortcuts because they, they converted the, I guess they recreated the APIs and the, and the, and the code and stuff. Um, so you can like use like Apple script and shell scripts. Yeah, it's this is like it built in Swift UI. It's from the ground up for the Mac. And I think honestly, I'm going to say I'll say it here. Automation is more useful on a desktop than it is on a phone. I think automation on a phone is more useful for home stuff like smart home automation. Sure. But on a desktop, like I can now build automation for the podcast. I click on it, open Google Docs, make a new Google Docs thing, right? Um, open audio hijack, do X, Y, and Z, you know, launch Discord. Like there's so many more uses, I feel like, for production stuff that I, I'm actually very happy 
that this is coming absolutely back. like I I, I I can think of a couple of workflows for myself as well like it's it's it's, it's I'm glad this is I, I never want like I, I knew automator existed but I'm like never want really one it's because it's like so old I don't you have to learn like the thing is it's like if it was Python based sure but you have to like learn Apple script and who the fuck wants to learn Apple script <laughs> I'm not I don't want to yeah like who the like that skill is not going to transfer to anything like fuck off like I'm not learning Apple script just so I can automate right like it's not like unless I only used a Mac like I use other operating system make me don't make me learn another programming language and I should say as well too that is very I, I am happy that they're still keeping Apple script support for existing legacy automation so I think that's still important to have but you can use JavaScript though right with uh with shortcuts so why not just use JavaScript well I mean it's, I mean well before people at me yes I know why you shouldn't use JavaScript in a lot of situations but in this context I mean yeah like these are like small tasks uh, JavaScript can have. electron based automations oh my fuck uh notifications and focus is also on the mac uh this is we mentioned we're not gonna i'm gonna talk talk about this but this it syncs between all your devices when you change it which is nice so if you put on your apple watch it'll sync to the rest of them i i do i do like this this is this is good uh facetime obviously is gonna get updated like you know like the features that are coming to ios is share play and stuff like that uh messages also yeah, same thing. Uh, notes, yeah. notes, Safari. Oh, here we this go. Is, this, this is now it's here, time here. to talk oh, about Safari. Uh, okay, so um, you actually go first. You, how, what do you think about this new UI? It looks like the new Firefox UI, uh, in some ways. Uh, but also it it is hiding the URL bar, right? Like the, the URL bar is a lot smaller and doesn't display the full URL, right? Like, it displays just the domain name. It's like a rounded little little square box. And a lot of UI elements are getting, like, hidden away in little corners where you have to click through to click them. There is also a tab groups feature, which lets you put, uh, like, a group of tab, a tab grouping. Like, you put, like, you can switch between, like, you have, like, for example, like a work tab group. So, when you switch to it, all your work-related tabs are in there, right? Like, or you have a shopping one or whatever. Like, you can you can switch between them. You can put tabs in in groups. Uh, I don't use Safari on on the on macOS. I use Firefox uh, because I use Firefox on my desktop, and I like to do like tab syncing and stuff like that. It's useful. So I don't I don't actually use Safari. Uh, so I I can't be like this is absolutely horrendous. Like I I have to have to use it. Uh, for a while to like really like criticize it or you know have have problems with it but it's i do not like when applications like hide important ui elements from you like it's in the especially in the browser it feels a little disingenuous to like make it hide so many of the ui elements away from the user especially i think the url thing is annoying to me because being able to see the full url i think is a good feature of browsers like it is an important feature to avoid a security issues like phishing uh and not being able to see that like it just it's i don't know why like it it, it feels like they are doing this f- for the same ideology of like focusing on hashtag content like to make the web page be the important thing and they also have this feature where the web page's primary color will will like make the safaris like color like the safari window color like a gradient or whatever change right like i like who cares who wanted that do you want that like i i, I don't want that i don't want to run a web page to change my browser's uh, styling like i do not i absolutely 100 percent do not want like there's no reason like why i there's no reason like i just i don't know 
Like I'm not, I'm not too, like I'm, I don't use Safari, so I'm not like too invested in this. But like I, like that feature, like, I don't, I don't see the point of it uh, other than other than looks. So how are you feeling about this? <laughs> like, let's let's talk about something I think we haven't brought up since 2015, 2016. Oh my! I want to talk about hamburger menus for a minute. Oh Lord! Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I have forever hated UI that is hidden. I think I think if you hide your UI behind a button, it doesn't exist. I, that's 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 the gist of it. If you have a, a more menu, if you have a three dot menu, it doesn't exist. It's overflow menu. It doesn't. It does not exist. And something I've always appreciated about Apple's design, and I think Microsoft as well, with Windows Phone back in the day, and a lot of their Windows Ten UI as well, is Google's mostly you know the most biggest culprit of this. But what I've always liked is if the UI isn't accessible, it's either A, something like a menu bar or like a preferences window that is just a power user feature. Like, for example, in Safari, there is no button that will let you specifically empty a cache, right? But there's one that lets you clear your history. You have to do a keyboard command to empty your cache. But that's fine because what users are like only wanting to empty their cache, right? Normally, that's me when I'm building a website or something, right? me me or me specifically actually but uh, but, you, but you get what i mean though right it's like it's not a common user thing so it's fine it's fine to make that a keyboard command or put it in the menu like i think that's fine to not have it in the main title bar right sure 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 but yeah, that's fine when you put every single control in a three dot menu it doesn't exist it's just it's no longer there right yeah like it's just it's just hiding you hiding your ui complexity from no good reason right like you're hiding it is it is it is one of those things where people criticize apple design for looks uh like function like form over function and this is i think a a, a trend that i do not like in in apple's mac os design language is that it focuses heavily on on this sort of hiding ui thing to focus they call it content focused design right or whatever the fuck and like they're trying to like hide make the content pop out but at the at the cost of hiding ui right like making ui like they're disgusted by the ui or something and they want to hide it like i i don't well and i think i think the reason they did this is too it's everything looks like google chrome and i feel like there's like a desire to be like we don't want to look like chrome you know like i feel like there's some kind of desire to get away you know to make it different enough, but I and and honestly, what I think they could have done is the URL bar can always stay a fixed width. You know, it doesn't like you have a bunch of tabs open, fine. You know, but the URL bar can should stay a fixed width, and buttons should be in the URL bar. If you click on the domain name, they go away, right? So it's full keyboard entry. But if you're not um, having a text focus on it, instead of having the three dot button, right? You know, you just have the refresh button and all of those, and you make it the URL bar long enough that. Sure, if someone has, there might be an edge case of like a 200-letter URL. Well, actually, is there a limit on how long the URLs you can register with that I can? I don't think so, right? You could, in theory... Uh, yeah, no, the domain names have a domain names have a character limit. Yes, I think it's two fifty five. Okay, so you know then you know in any language, right? How how long you need to make that bar? You know what your edge cases are, so make it long enough that you will never run into a situation where the buttons will will overflow the URL and have the refresh button have those there maybe have an overflow menu for like more settings right for like say i don't know like um well, no, put in the fucking menu bar if it, if it needs if it's a best feature put in the menu bar and that's fine because that's still exposable but they they could have done that and i hope they do that this is an easy one to fix this is, at least it's because outside of the new design the top tabs it's different i need to live with that i need to live with the top tabs to, to figure out if i like it in the tab groups but 
I think that this is at least an easy an easy fix because you know what your constraints are, right? You know the spec that you have to design to to make those buttons visible at all time, and it is something that's accomplishable. It is not like a huge engineering effort because it's like, hey, make sure it doesn't over it doesn't go over the URL if it's two hundred fifty five characters long, and you know, make them visible, have enough padding between them, make them easy click easily clickable, and you you won't run into confusion because I know for a fact someone updates the Monterey, you know, what they're going to look at Safari to say, how the fuck do I refresh a page? Yeah, it is. It is going to confuse users, uh, for sure. I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not like I, I'm gonna reserve final judgment after after I get to use it properly. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not very, uh, very ha- happy about. I'm happy with tab group. groups, though. Opera's coming. Tab groups are cool. Back. Tab groups are good. I, I like tab groups as a feature. That's that's cool. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's that's fine. Um, but yeah, like the rest of it is a little questionable. Um, I I don't think there's anything else in macOS that's uh, important. Accessibility is getting a couple of changes. Full keyboard access. Finally, a Mac is now 100% controllable with a keyboard. Okay, that's good. You might have asked yourself before, wait, you couldn't do 100% keyboard navigation? Yeah, no. Like as much as I, we, I think we praise Apple accessibility stuff, the Mac has always not never been as good as iOS is. I think for legacy design reasons, right? Like I think it was designed with that, with iOS is a little bit more designed with accessibility in mind, but full keyboard control is useful just honestly for cases of where like if your mouse isn't working, you know, <laughs> like even outside of you can't use a mouse, like there are times where like, hey, you need to go into a diagnostic mode because your mouse isn't working, right? You need to like get something off your computer, like sure. being able to navigate with a keyboard is very useful there. Um, what else? Apple Books is getting redesigned. Very happy about that. Um, low power mode. Super happy about low power mode there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I I, I like that. I I have one Mac. I, you know, that's that's cool. And I, I will like say that. another one too is erase all content and settings. You might ask why oh, yes, is that yes, important? This is, this Wiping is a Mac session. right now is very hard. Very, yeah. it, it's hard. I mean, it's it's not hard. I think anyone listening to it's the podcast can understand. It's a little it, complicated. It's it's a little complicated. You have to it's boot it into so- a recovery mode, right? You have to erase your entire hard drive and you have to reinstall your software. Having erase all content and settings leaves the system partition in place, which is what most users want, right? What you want. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember having to erase my old Mac for, for like, you know, trade in, right? Like, and it was like they had a whole document and I was like, this is, this could be simplified. Like if you had just had a erase content button like they do on iOS, like I, I could just do this literally five minutes, but instead I'm in, I'm in disk utility, uh, deleting partitions. Uh, so no, no, not great. Uh, but yeah. And yeah. I think the last thing though, last thing I want to mention is Finder now has a new go-to menu. This is not in the Mac Stories article, but so when you, if you want to go to a folder in Finder, you do the keyboard command or you click the button. Instead of being like a dialog box from 1994, it looks like Spotlight where you can just smartly type in a folder name and it'll show you the directory tree and you can pick which one you want to go to with the keyboard. I mean, I, I usually use Alfred for stuff like that, but yes, that's that's very good. But yeah, but it, it's still... So the reason I think it's useful is just for like work purposes. I have to like, you know, I spend a lot of time in Finder and stuff. It's very easy to just like ha- type in the folder name and do it right instead of like having to navigate. Yeah, so. yeah no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm... I don't like Finder, and if and more, I can avoid clicking inside Finder. I, the, I'd prefer that, to be honest. Uh, so, so macOS, you know, it's it's uh, it's um, not a the I well, it's not a big update, but it's in step of iOS, which shows the change Apple Silicon made because half these features are not coming to Intel Macs. Most of these are coming to the M1 Macs because they're just clones of the iOS features, which 
I'm fine with it. I, I think I picked. I think I picked the right time to buy a new. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I really. I did. mean, I, I picked the ideal time. I mean, uh, it's 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 uh, so, sometimes you make computer decisions. You're like, mm, should I have bought that computer at that time? No, I actually bought the computer at the, at the right time. Uh, because uh, these features, a lot of them will work for me on my M1 MacBook Air. And, and I should mention too why it is that they are so um, only M1 specific. A lot of these are ML specific and um, the neural cores on, on the um, M1 chips is very good. Intel's machine learning performance is very bad. That's a reason why anyone doing machine learning work on Windows has like a 3090, right? Like people doing it, they buy only buy NVIDIA GPUs because that's the only like properly fast machine learning you can get on on desktop yeah you have the tense the you have cuda and like tensor cores or whatever they're called on, on nvidia gpus yeah so I'm, I'm not upset about it i understand why it's just sort of like you know yeah 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 so last last topic on the list uh not not the least important but it is uh it is it is the last topic it is privacy controls in both ios and i guess mac os as well but i don't know uh ios is primary one here well they're the same features between both right that's the thing that's a nice thing there's not a difference all like the private relay the mail stuff that's it's the same on both platforms right so ios is uh, getting um, a set of features that are privacy focused like one of them is uh, the big, okay the umbrella term here is icloud plus right and i i, I should like clarify icloud plus is not an separate tier of iCloud. It is if you currently pay for iCloud storage, you will be in iCloud Plus. It's just a new name for paying for iCloud services, basically. Like they're they're calling it iCloud Plus instead of iCloud storage and iCloud privacy or whatever, right? Uh, So iCloud Plus is the umbrella service here. So you pay for iCloud Plus, you get all these features. So you get hide my email, right? This uh, This is iCloud mail feature where if you use iCloud mail, you can generate randomly generated uh, aliases for for like web forms, newsletter subscriptions. You know, if you're signing up on some web random website on the on the internet and you don't want to use your actual email address, uh, like you can use the if you're using the iCloud email, you can just you know you have a randomly generated URL. You can delete at any time, which is very useful for newsletters, right, and and all those things. Yeah, if, especially like if you don't want to like unsubscribe manually, just like delete it and it's gone. Like it's it's, it's all. all, all that's good. Uh, iCloud. Uh, what else? The privacy. I think it is called. What is the VPN feature called? Oh, the, the, the privacy dashboard. Well, I think we should talk about the privacy dashboard before we go into the VPN. So iPad OS and, and Mac OS and those and, and um, iOS are getting a privacy dashboard, which. Um, so for an example, if you are our friend Sadik here, you know, I think I've heard, you've told me sometimes about your your network sniffing workflow, is it? Where you uh, <laughs> go through and look through the whatever DNS, domains DNS, are being uh, pinged out. Yeah, but basically, DNS. this will DNS. tell you what, what um, websites, what DNS servers the apps are reaching out to. So say, for example, you're playing your gotcha game and it's reaching out to like 10 million ad networks. They'll tell you that in the dashboard. Yeah, exactly. It has this sort of dashboard view. You can see what like what like if if app has certain permissions like for example it has location or it has access to photos like it will show you how like when was the last time uh, an app uh, access to location app, app access to your photos or app access to like uh, there are other permissions right like contacts or uh i don't, I don't know like uh, local network i guess like stuff like that like, those permissions Clipboard, yes, clipboard. Another one is clipboard. Like all those, like sort of a dashboard where it's like you can you can view like 
he had this app contacted these domains uh this many times the app uh also like access the location this many times or at this date right so you you can see if any app is surreptitiously like capturing your location or like you know like if you don't want it to like if you for example like an app that doesn't need your location for like a game like a game that doesn't need your location like why is this why is the game just continuously like maybe you accidentally gave it location permission at one point but you forgot about it and then you see this and you're like okay obviously i, I don't want the game to be accessing my location because well it doesn't need it so i go and turn that off right like so this stuff is good this is more information i think always providing more information to the user transparency here is good i think this keeps apps honest as well so they're not they cannot lie about yeah. stuff because not everyone has a what do you use for this is you big is on your ubiquity network thing that you've checked like how do you actually check it no it's it's just dns queries dns queries on my pie hole device uh like dns queries get sent to so i can i just look at the dns query logs uh that's kind of creepy not, though i mean i guess I don't it's know. not i it's mean not i mean really, i guess for your home it, network it, it, but like you no, know, it's creepy as in like i don't know like do your family members know that you're sniffing their traffic I don't, it's not sniffing traffic. It's, it's really like, it doesn't actually tell me much other than if there's malware on my network or whatever. Like that's, uh, like, I don't oh, actually, okay. yeah, like it, it, like if there's certain devices that are broke, sometimes devices get broken and they send like a billion uh, DNS queries or stuff like that. It is, it's not, I don't look at it like 24 seven equation. I look at it like once a week. It's fine. Um, so this will help like on iOS devices. It's hard to sometimes narrow down what. Like if you're on a data plan, like or you have limited quotas on your home internet connection, for example, like if you want to like really limit apps that get to use data, or like you want to like turn off background access for certain apps because they use a lot of data, like you can you can narrow down like which apps are using a lot of data, or like which maps might be like you know that that's you know, or for like me, there's a reason I have I'm gonna be looking at this is so sometimes Eero my my router right has ad blocking built into it. Some apps break. So I can know what domains to whitelist. Yes, yes, that's also another. That's uh, yeah. That is if you're using some sort of DNS-based uh, ad blocking or tracker blocking, which I do as well at home. Uh, like if you are doing that, something like that, sometimes you know you can find some apps that are using a certain CDN that gets blocked or whatever. Uh, so you can uh, you know figure that out and unblock it and whitelist it. Uh, so that's uh, uh, that is good. Uh, the one of the biggest features here is the private relay feature iCloud private relay right this comes with iCloud uh iCloud plus it is a two hop VPN solution well it's a limited two hop VPN solution I can say I would say it is uh it only works for certain kinds of traffic and the tra- kind of traffic it is is Safari tra- like web page traffic uh DNS requests and also like certain Apps can like any any traffic that gets sent over plain text HTTP like port eighty. Not not many apps use like everything like Apple has been use, telling developers to use HTTPS for apps uh, for a long time. So I don't think many apps use H- plain text HTTP, but if any do, it can get sent through the iCloud private relay. Um, it can like it, it doesn't send traffic from apps that didn't opt into it. So if you're using like I don't know Netflix or YouTube. It's not. It's not going to use the private relay to send the traffic through it. Uh, if any traffic through your local network will obviously not be sent through it. Uh, any traffic that will be using a proxy, like if you have a proxy configured on like via NDM or something, like it obviously it's not going to use uh, that. Right? Like if you if you have a work iPhone that has an NDM profile, like uh, like it's not going to like it's it's not going to. So if you have like a VPN 
profile like if you're using like uh secure routes basically secure routes won't get um proxied so say like you the vpn is for like you know a set of ip ranges right those won't get so if you have like open like open vpn or if you're using ipsec or something uh on, on any connect yeah anything like yeah, that anything like that you will not like vpn traffic will not be obviously be routed through it so it's only very limited subset of traffic that gets sent through two hops first hop is through apple's network and the second hop is a third party. And which changes depending on the country, yeah. That depends, depending region. Also, and this is the thing, this is not, cannot be used for like bypassing geo blocking. Like if you want, like if a website is blocking, like for example, it's only available to US users or whatever, that like you cannot use this. Like if you're in Canada, you cannot use this feature to bypass that because it, it will also like the IP will show up as a Canadian IP. So for example, some, in some regions they're using, uh, Cloudflare. In some regions, they are using Fastly. In some regions, you're using Akamai. So obviously, these are like big CDN networks, connectivity all over the world. So like depending on the region, you get a, probably a different provider, right? You know, all these networks are international, but you know, depending on region, it, probably data agreements between these are different. Different. I think people in Europe are getting like Akamai or Cloudflare. Uh, people or other places will get Fastly. Like so, it's it's like the second. So the first hop, this two-hop system means that the second hop doesn't know who you are, right? And the first hop doesn't know what you're sending, right? Like it's, it's, it's I think that is the what is what is going yeah, on, right? Yeah, that's sort of the design. Okay, of it. yeah. So it's a two-hop system. I am, I am glad that they're doing something like this because one of those, uh, I, 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 this is a separate topic for another day. But VPN apps are extremely scratchy, and I don't trust any VPN service. Uh, they're all like they, they seem like FBI honeypots. No, I'll outright say it. VPN apps are a waste of money. Waste of money. There are better ways to secure yourself online. Buy a fucking FIDO key. Don't buy a VPN. Learn how to use two factor. It's a whole topic. One of these days, I feel like we should like cover this. Like VPNs are why VPNs are sort of like hard marketing. Like 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 they're just trying to confuse people, but. Yeah, so private relay, it's it's gonna be built into iOS and Mac OS, so you know, uh both 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 devices. Uh if you have iCloud Plus like if you have iCloud storage like I do, or m- many people do, uh then you then you private relay is enabled. One of my questions, I guess, I don't know if it's in the in the in the WWDC developer talk on this, but like can you like turn it off? Like blanket? Like can you like if you have it is it like a switch where you can never use private? Like if you don't want to ever use private. Really? No, it's like Safari other so other Safari privacy controls. You can turn off per website if you need to. So if a website breaks with it, you can turn it off for that specific domain. Okay, I mean that's fine. I I don't know. I would love a more blanket like sort of switch where I can like just turn it off. If I don't want to use it at all. Oh no, I mean you you can just turn it off and on. Yeah, it's not on by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is an opt-in feature. It'll prompt you when you open Safari right after upgrading. It's not on by default. It's like with the email pixel tracking stuff, right? It's on. It's it'll ask you when you open the app, right? Uh, so that's good. I, I, I like if I, people people should be able to opt in if they if they don't want to use this feature. That's on them. Uh, but you know, like that's that's good. Uh, technical details. This this protocol, like the VPN protocol, like uses uh, HTTP three or or Quick. These are like not really important to most people, but you know, if you're like if you're like a network operator, like if you like run a corporate network, you're going to see a lot of uh, UDP packets over port uh, port 443 encrypted UDP traffic basically. So if you, if you if you start seeing a bunch of encrypted UDP traffic, you 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 know what's going on. Like that's not that's this is what this is. 
Uh, and, and the first hop will be to Apple, so you could probably easily tell if this is like Apple devices because Apple's IP ranges are pretty unique. Uh, like 17, the 17 slash 8 IP range. So, you know, you can, you can see it. Uh, but yeah, so there, there is like, you like if you like they said like if you're running an enterprise school network you can block the host name of the iCloud private relay proxy server and that will stop like obviously stop private relay from working because it, it can't connect to the first hop. Uh so you know th- there there is that. Uh, that is private relay. I think it's 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 a good uh, useful feature. Uh, I think it's it's good that Apple is actually putting this in and it's part of the it's not a separate paid feature either. So if you have paid iCloud storage it. It actually makes paying for iCloud storage seem a little bit less uh, garbage <laughs> because right now it feels a little like right now if you have multiple iOS devices you kind of have to pay for iCloud storage right because you're not gonna have enough storage five gigabytes is not enough come on Apple um, so yeah like it's 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 good and then there's the mail tracking stuff I think we should mention re- quickly which is it just um, opens all all emails on the server side to report. 100% opens, which ruins every tracking pixels data set. Very good. Excellent. I, I do like this feature. This is one of those things that I, I wish it was there earlier because, like, if you open, like, a mail on your on your phone or your tablet, like iPad or Mac OS mail, right, it will, the, the, the tracking pixels will get loaded from your device and not, not your mail servers. For example, if you're using Gmail or Fastmail, like, Gmail loads all images. Like, if you're using the web UI, any images or things that are in the in the web, like, they, they get open through Google servers, right, and stuff like that. So, like, they do that sort of hiding. Uh, so, I'm glad this is getting done. Uh, email tracking is, is, is really kind of nasty and creepy. Uh, I do not, I do not, I, I know, the email tracking is also unreliable. Uh, so there's that. I'm just happy I can finally turn off stop um, image remote image loading or turn it back on. I mean, because right now I I have no remote image loading to prevent this, but I mean it's annoying to have to turn it on for email. So I'm happy I don't have to worry about that anymore. Exactly, exactly. That's it. It's yeah. That's that's good. So that's. Well, I mean, for my iCloud account, for for my other accounts, obviously, right? You know. So I think that's that's this. I think that's it. Like I, there's there's other stuff. Obviously, this is WWDC developer stuff. Uh, but we're going to just put some links, I guess, that there's not enough time to talk about. Yeah, we have a little grab bag of a couple of things. Um, there's like an AirPod feature where you can use it to boost conversations, which is cool for accessibility reasons. Um, outside of that, I would recommend everyone watch the password talk because WebAuthn is coming to iPhones and making your iPhone itself a WebAuthn key, which basically means that pass keys will exist in iOS. It's a, it's a developer preview for this year, but the TLDR of it is is your phone can be used as a password key, verifying secrets on device to let you authenticate without ever needing a password. And it'll sync to Macs, iPads, Apple Watches, and all of that. So any Apple device can be used as a login authentication tool, aka FIDO key. Super cool for that to see coming. Um, async await. I know some people wanted me to talk about that. So super briefly, I will. Async await, a pattern from Node.js. Uh, it's ES6, I think, is when it was implemented. Probably in regular JavaScript now. is now coming to Swift, which means... That instead of doing switch controls in your programming, even you need to wait for something and do something on another thread, you can do async. For you, Static, this basically means if I wanted to download a URL and also do some processing while that while I'm waiting to get that resource back, I can say await, grab the image URL in that block, have some code, and then do X, Y, and Z. 
So it'll allow you run other things on your code while you are awaiting that that thing to finish. The problem is with that, you sometimes get into what I call await hell, where you're await then, await then, await then as a style of programming, which is not fun in Node. And sometimes you kind of have to get into that uh, sort of dependency hell there, but it's still nice to have those options in Swift. Um, mail app extensions are cool pieces, but privacy way to build um, extensions for the mail app. It's a Mac OS right now. Probably going to come to iOS though soon enough. Yeah. Uh, so, so a very, very, uh, like obviously if you want to get into developer stuff, there's a lot of talks. I, I haven't really looked at all the talks. I'm sure there's some networking. There's, yeah, uh, there's an HTTP, HTTP 3, three, over three talk, yeah. which I will probably watch at some point. I haven't gone around to watching uh, any of the talks yet. But you know, go go to developer.apple.com slash videos if you wanna if you wanna take And if you if you only watch one, please watch the EDR one, which goes over how HDR and SDR content is rendered on Apple devices, which is literally made for me and no one else. But it is a very interesting talk. Sure. Uh lots of niche like if you're a developer, you know, obviously lots of interesting stuff for you to take a look at. So we're going to wrap this up as always show notes on with all these links, uh, Mac stories, links and all of the videos and whatever, uh, on, on two shades of brown.com. You can find me on, on Mastodon at pancake at 10 forward.social and my website, sadiqsafe.com, which by the time you listen to this, will have gotten a redesign. Exciting times. Ooh, uh, it, ooh, website. Yeah. So it is getting a redesign. I'm I'm working on the content stuff. Like the the, the design is already done, but the nice, the content nice. Is, so uh, that will probably be live by the time you listen to this episode. So go check that out. Go check my website out. It's nice. It looks pretty. Just uh, so where do people people find you uh, on the internet? So I think it's time we talked about it. Just real quick. Um, cause I know we're running up to Xbox E3 starting soon, but, um, uh, yeah, I got, yeah. I got a notification yeah. that it's, it's 15, 15 minutes. minutes. So you got 15 yeah. minutes to roast me. I think you wanted to roast me. I think, I think the audience deserves it. So what, so what happened the other day? What, well, let's, let's, what happened? Well, you bought, you bought, you bought an AirPods Max, uh, which after we dunked on it heavily, it was not what I expected you to do. Uh, we all, we both thought, we agreed that it was kind of a useless product. Uh, it was not too expensive for what it is, but turns out sometimes, you know, sometimes you buy something that's too expensive for what it is just, just to have it, you know. Some, sometimes you get flex. a, you get a RTX 2080 Ti, you know, and your PC. Yeah, just gotta yeah, flex. You, just gotta flex. You, know, you, you, buy, you buy like a $2,000 GPU just because you can or whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's like, you know, uh, flexing, you know. So some people buy cars, other people buy GPUs. Some people buy expensive headphones. You know, it is what it is. This is not actually a dunk. See, see, I'm not actually dunking on you, but it is like the audience can imagine they could do the dunking in their own head. Like I'm not, I don't even have to say it. I just, I just say that some people just buy expensive headphones and they already know, like you bought an AirPods Max and it is, you know, it is the case sucks. We all know the case sucks. The case is hot garbage. And the thing is too, I should mention about the case real quick. It's not that the case itself is like, it looks like a bra, right? And there's nothing wrong with titties. It just looks like sad. It looks like a sad bra, right? It looks like a bra that if you saw someone wearing it, you'd be like, listen, let me take you to the store. Let's go buy a nicer one because you deserve better. You know, <laughs> like you deserve a nicer bra. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you know, like you, you get, you get special, uh, special audio, you know, it's, it's nice. You get to use it with, with the Apple TV now in the new Apple TV version. That's, that's coming. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, but the thing too about it is just to mention audio quality real quick. Cause my thing is I bought it and I was like, I can return these. I made sure to get it from a place out of return window. And I was like, I put them on, I started playing it and I'm like, yeah, this is good audio as I expected. 
you know. And then you just sort of melt into the music for like two hours, right? And then I was like, yeah, this is good. I mean, it's what I expected, but it can't be better than the AirPods Pro, right? You know, it got to be it the is, same caliber. And then no, I put in the AirPods no. Pro and I'm like, no. why do these sound bad? Why Why <laughs> do these, why you, do these no, sound you bad? The, you ruined the AirPods Pro for yourself. So. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to keep these. So I did. And you know what? I don't I don't regret it because if there's anything with it, it is that they're still not those Abyss headphones that made Linus from Linus Tech Tips cry. Um, so, you know, even though this is like the upper echelon, anyone should ever go for headphones. Sorry, not sorry. If you're someone who has this pair of AT600s in the DAC. But, you know, the thing is, I, I think I said when we talked about it, Audio-Technica hooked up to the DAC, hooked up to an amp, probably sounds as good, maybe a little bit better with the right amount of EQ. Thing is, I don't, I don't want to sit at my desk and listen to music anymore. I think I've reached that point in my life where I just kind of want to like chill out on a comfy place, like on my sofa or whatever, and listen to music and not be like tethered to my computer. I, you know what? I'm not just like that. I cannot disrespect that. That's that's fair. Like music is a very like you know like like I I, I see that. Like sometimes I just want to like play music on my like on my speakers and just vibe. You know, like not not with my yeah yeah. Because like I my desk here is the same desk I have my work computer at, right? So when I sit here and listen to music, I'm technically also in my work mode, right? Because I, I associate this desk and this chair with like going to work. And that's like, I, I that's not the vibe to listen to Migos, you know? I can't listen to straightening on on that. Sure. Uh, this is, there, there, is the, there is our short uh, AirPods Max review, I guess. Yep. And uh, uh, y'all can find me online at, um, I have a WordPress site. I haven't built it yet. So hopefully by the time, if I have motivation, it'll also be a redesign I chose to find out website. But if not, you can find me on Mastodon dunking on audio files. I chose to find at chitter.xyz. All right. Goodbye. Bye.